Hello friends, so excited to tell you about the new Trade Show University YouTube channel where we have five-minute pro tips, we've got longer training episodes, we've got expert interviews, and so much more coming up. Many of these video versions of the podcast episodes that you've enjoyed, plus there's videos there of content that is not available on our podcast, so please go to YouTube, search for Trade Show University, hit subscribe, and binge on those videos, which, which I have designed to help businesses get more leads, more sales, and more profits through the power of trade shows. So go find Trade Show University on YouTube and tell a friend. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to campus here at Trade Show University. This is the podcast where you're constantly learning how to get better at at these shows and, and better ROI. And one thing that we have never talked about on this show and that I'm really excited today to dive into the topic is really can impact your ROI overall. And that is what do you do in in terms of a crisis when something happens at your show? And we all know it could be something super small, it could be something large. But what do you do? You've got to have a plan in place. And I'm, I'm very, very pleased to have on today Tessa Drayton. Tessa is the Director of Communications at TND Communications, and she's the past chair of the ISRM Trinidad chapter. She is an experienced communications specialist who is also trained and certified in corporate risk and crisis management. Her goal is to help customers solve their why and be better communicators. Tessa, welcome to Trade Show University. It's an honor to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Jim. Well, Tessa, talk about crisis communications. Like, like you and I were talking right before we, we got on here as about things that can happen. But, you know, things do happen at events. They probably every single event has something happen from something small to something large. Let's talk about event promoters first, the promoters, the show planners. What are they missing when, when a crisis happens? What are they missing when they're handling those crises? Thank you, Jim. First of all, they're missing a plan and a budget. And the budget more or less like fall into the plan. So we construct the plan, a crisis communication plan, which forms part of the crisis management plan to protect an organization's reputation when a threat or threats do occur. But for some reason, or from my observation, we create the, the crisis management plan, and which consists of the pre-crisis, there are three stages, the pre-crisis, the communication, and the post-crisis. So we create this plan, this detailed outline, and then we leave it sitting on a shelf. When a crisis occurs, then we uh, we rush to see what can be done. Let's open the manual, see what we had here five years ago, all wrong. Ideally, it should be updated. I would say quarterly, we identify the risks that could possibly happen. We create a crisis communication plan, which would outline who the spokesperson is. What are we going to say to people? What are we going to say to our stakeholders? Because at the time of a crisis, you have tempers, flare emotions, high. People are not thinking straight. So to actually construct a plan right there at the moment, I'm going to have I'm going to have the marketing manager or HR say something. It's it's a bit too late. Right. I always say prepare 
in advance and that you can have scenarios with different stakeholders, event promoters, people who we call blue light, like police and fire, all the people who are integral in an event or who participate in the event and invite the public as well. So we keep scenarios of what could possibly happen. And this is what we'll do in the event that it does happen. But more and more observing that that doesn't happen because of the incident that happens at at events or at festivals. So it's it's all about the plan. So yes. not just having a plan, like you said, that you developed a plan five years ago and it's sitting on the yes. shelf. And if something happens, first of all, you have to go find the plan, and yes. then you've got to figure out what what applies to the your current situation. But I love that you said you should be updating this quarterly. Who in a who in a in an organization should be up to date on everything in that plan? I would say everybody creating a crisis ready culture for everyone who works at the organization. So everyone should be aware of the guideline, which is really what the crisis management plan is, a guideline of what what we're going to do, what will happen, how we're going to mitigate what is happening at the moment. Everybody should be aware, but that is not the case. They usually leave it for C-suite executives and the lower people, lower level people, everybody's everybody's just lost. But the thing is, if we create a crisis ready culture, you have, you have the teams, everybody has the same mindset, the skills, the same capabilities. When an issue or crisis does occur, everybody is 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 on board everybody's functioning as a team and it's like um and you don't have anybody left out but we don't we don't always get that we always have it this is for senior management and that is it but more and more again and i could use my country when i see crisis occur i'm like everybody should be should be involved right granted you're still gonna have designate spokesperson to speak with the media not gonna have 10 different people saying different things but you are gonna keep them abreast this is what is happening gonna be part of the training what happens if i already trained you let's just say i have i designate five persons we have hr marketing ceo two persons in hsc what happens when somebody's ill or not there you can't you're not you can't really function fully because you didn't abreast everybody else who is still working at the organization so i would say have embed a crisis ready culture and that takes time getting everybody on the same page and that's why i mentioned earlier having one mindset having same skill sets. We may not have the same skill sets, but complement each other where we can work together to mitigate the the crisis because the end goal is protecting the welfare of persons. Yes, you're going to have your reputation to protect, but humans, human life first and foremost, than your reputation. Because if someone is injured or seriously injured or dies, then your reputation either way is going to be tarnished. So there's no amount of PR that will save you at that moment. That's that's just my take on it. What a powerful concept, because it's a term I have not heard before. That's crisis-ready culture. Yeah. But that says so much. Just in those three words, it really brings that visual to life of everybody's ready. We have a culture yeah. in our company that everybody is ready if something happens. There's nobody stumbling over what do we do and, and there's no panic. You re remove or at least greatly reduce the amount of panic that happens when something does yeah. happen. Yes. 
So basically, the guide, which is the the crisis communication plan, is a it's a guide that will help us or help the organization quickly to contain the crisis quickly and recover from its impact. So I say everybody has to be involved, from the highest level person to the lowest level cleaner, security guard, whoever that person is at your organization. And I'm really happy that I, I think Melissa Agnes, she has an institute where she encourages companies to be to better crisis ready culture. And I see the importance, but I, I also continue to see where that's not important. It means I have to spend money. So we come back again to budget. I have to spend money to train. Yes, you do. And it's totally worth it in the long run. It really, really is it is worth it and you you keep you you when you have these meetings and you try to get feedback employees where did we go wrong or you have a drill where what were the shortcomings and so on then everybody's on the same page but we we don't get that i don't know when we'll instill it but it yeah it really it honestly it irks me i'm like we're not ready. <laughs> We're not ready. We only see. We only see. We need this crisis comes plan. Maybe find an oil and gas industry, find natural disaster, but something as an event. No, we just have the usual. A fire could probably take place. Nobody knew when that flooding happened or the ground got saturated. Nobody knew that would have happened. But we have rainy season, we have dry season, we have these two seasons. So obviously, if you're keeping an event in the in late rainy season, what is going to happen? You, so you have to cater for things like that. What are the risks? <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. This particular soil gets soft and saturated and I put a scaffolding here. Hey, what are the odds? Not really. We just pray. We have this saying in Trinidad, God is a trini, so we'll hope for the best and God will give us a blight. It's not going to rain that night and, and we, we saw otherwise. So I, I really, really encourage persons to, if you have the best interest of, of your patrons, because they are the ones attending the event, then you would make a special effort to include training in your budget, whether you hire someone to train, whether you do it internally because you already have the resources, the human resources, then do it because it's totally worth it in the in the end result. We are a tourism industry as well. So I wouldn't want to come to an event if I'm just reading on the news. Hey, Trinidad, a scaffolding fall again. Didn't this happen in 2020, 2022? This is, it's happening too often. I don't feel safe, right? And right. safety of people must always be the first priority for promoters or event planners, event management teams, when you are coordinating or planning an event. So there are several things can happen at an event, whether it's a fire, but it's flooding, we have a power outage. How are we, I can't imagine a power outage happening at an event. That's crime, that's robbery taking place. People are quick and trained. So what are we going to do then? So yes, we may, they may have it in a plan. And what I've noticed that a lot of organizations do have a plan. But what about the crisis communication plan? What about who is going to speak to the media. We have all these stakeholders involved, sponsors, you have the employees, you have the community, all these stakeholders involved. So it's not just your reputation being tarnished, but all the persons who are assigned or aligned with your brand 
their reputation is also going to be diminished in an event of a crisis. So I think a bit of attention, more attention is paid on that aspect. It's not just my brand. It's not just my image. Then things might be a bit different in how we process and plan. Yeah. Number one, have the plan. Have the plan and then know the plan and make sure everyone understands what the plan is. And I, I, I like what you said about also making sure you have one spokesperson or or one or two or three designated spokespeople that all know exactly what, what needs to be said. Because I've I've seen seen before where companies get in more trouble because something happened, whether it was a fire broke out or like you had, had mentioned, a scaffolding fell down, someone was people were injured and the first person that they they talked to at the company was didn't know what to say and they and yes. they start saying the wrong thing which could hurt the the brand it could cause further implication from a from a legal standpoint depending yes. on, on who it is and what they're saying so if they put a, a microphone in somebody's face and say tell us about the scaffolding falling is you need to speak to miss smith in our in our hr department <laughs> or or whoever yeah. that person is because they will be well trained hopefully well trained but you have to be well trained you can't have that that attitude and i think you were alluding to it earlier and i know i've seen it is oh that won't happen to us yes. everything's going to be fine you know everything's going to be just great and we don't have to worry about this no always always have a plan because if something goes wrong and it often does you need to know what to do yeah so you almost also have to know about the type of events so the crisis communication or the person or person speaking have to be able to explain the type of event the consequences the outcomes you have to be able to show empathy that's a big thing that i i don't really see Pro provide harm reducing information so you have to provide information you already have in persons flared and tempers flared and emotions running high and then you come to provide information to make things worse so information that <laughs> would be accurate of course and honest and and not produce more fear into persons right so it provides harm reducing information to the people that are affected to the communities that are affected so i think of course when they are being trained that is definitely one of the things they would have to be trained at, one of the things I have to look at when reporting to the public or to your stakeholders. Hmm. Let's, let's, let's turn things around a little bit and think about something that's not quite as devastating as a, as a disaster where people are injured. But what if something can greatly affect your stakeholders or affect the results of your event. For for example, you have a headline entertainment artist that, that is coming and all of a sudden they can't make it or something happens, you know, where now I have people coming to this event to see this person and I've got stakeholders. What would you recommend for having some sort of a plan for things like that happening? Usually that doesn't happen until like short notice. And I'm saying that I'm giving a recent example that happened in Trinidad and the there was a conflict with the promoters. No, I think the issue was venue first and then with the artist that he's not sure to perform. And yes, you can find a replacement, probably some local artist who's who you know 
who patrons take to I know in Trinidad, like if you replace, let's just say, call an artist name in, in the States, let's just say you want to see, I don't know, LL Cool J perform. Let's just say LL Cool J is a big hit. Yeah. He states he's scheduled to perform in Trinidad. You better be able to replace <laughs> a top-notch artist at short notice um, to avoid avoid a... Uh, uh, hooray or disarray with, with persons because they're going to be disgruntled. I want back my money. I know the culture we, we live in is going to be a stampede, it's going to be an uproar, but it's also important to be honest with honest with the community, honest with the stakeholders. This is what happened. It happened at short notice. Yes, we didn't prepare for it, but the fact is it did happen. This is how it's going to affect you. This is how it's going to affect the other stakeholders. And we must be able to come to some sort of discussion and amicably move forward from there. And future reference, then put it in your plans because it's likely to happen. The person is going to cancel. But what I saw was a blame game with the promoters. It wasn't my fault. No, it's my fault. And then eventually I'm suing you and I'm suing and I'm like, hey, this is any papers. What's <laughs> happening here? Replace the guy <laughs> soon or be honest. This is what is happening. But that's not what happened. There was there was a blame game and I am just like, is he going to perform? <laughs> because with all the publicity and so on in Trinidad and in other countries performing in Trinidad next and here it is we have all these hiccups so I would say if you didn't have the plan fine here we are acknowledge I am wrong this is what happened I am going to work together with this other promoter their manager to ensure the patrons have a good outcome again it's about the people that then happened we saw a war of words and the end result was hey all right he come to perform. Money already spent. They eventually got him to perform. And the promoters are in court arguing whose fault it was. And really, that could have been settled really easily, Jim. Really, really easily without having to go to court. Now, me, I would not use those promoters again. I already took note of them. I would never use you. Because you don't even know how to manage a simple issue. You let it escalate. Some things don't need to escalate. Be all right, it's already happened. We have all these stakeholders. Yes, they're gonna lose some money. Afterwards, okay, we'll try to deal with or how can we compensate you for your losses? But to have that in the air and that whole for very, very unprofessional. And of course, in my opinion, not a good reputation because it shows that you can't even settle issues minor issues as management without it escalating to major issues. That, that was really simple. You didn't even need to call a PR person for that. They could deal with that among themselves, but hey, we're dealing with humans, so... <laughs> yes. And maybe part of your part of the plan is to do some checks on on the companies that you're dealing with, on the promoters, on the the different vendors to make sure you're dealing with people who are reputable and who conduct their affairs. While 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 persons do that, I know of people who do that, it's always you know what? So you had a little issues in the past and maybe take a little shortcut. You are the cheaper one. So I'm going to go with you rather than go with someone who's going to give me the the full compliment. I'm sure that if something happens, they're going to protect my image. They're all for the people. So 
it's it's not that it's easier said than done let's yeah. do our checks yes we're gonna do our checks but we're gonna go with him anyway so what that's just a one-time thing be careful <laughs> be careful <laughs> <laughs> which yeah. which leads me to another question and that is what are the components that companies need to consider when putting together a plan and also as as you're talking about that is this something they could do themselves or when should they reach out to a professional to help them get through this they can hire someone ideally they normally have like i know in trinidad we tend to have hse health and safety department deal with deal with crisis in my opinion uh crisis manager, you have a crisis team, it's a bit different from having HSE alone deal with it. You can incorporate them to be part of the team, but just to have them solely, it's, it's not going to cut it. So you need somebody who's actually trained in risk. So we're going to identify all the different types of risk. Somebody who is in HSE and actually works in the organization can help you identify the different risks that... Uh, that occurs in the organization, right? So we identify the risks. We also look at past experiences, issues that would have happened in the past that are sure to reoccur, right? We also have a manual of what is going to happen. So we have the pre-crisis stage, Jim, right? Mm -hmm. Where we identify the risk and so on. And then we have the, the crisis communication plan. And then we have the post-crisis stage. So within the plan, we also have training, evacuation plans, crisis response drills, how we are going to handle the crisis, things of that nature. Is there order? Yes, because most likely you need to identify the risk first and have evacuation plans, have the crisis response drills, we have the crisis communication plan by itself, who's going to say what, who's going to do what, what the team is made up of or who the team is made up of, right? And I mentioned earlier that you don't want to leave it isolated to the top five executives you want. Ideally, you want to include the entire organization, creating a crisis-ready organization. In the event a crisis does occur, everybody's prepared in how we're going to attack it. How are we going to, how are we going to address the issues that is right before us in a timely manner, that's not going to cause any more disruption, not just to you, but to your stakeholders. Yeah. So anyone listening, obviously every country is going to have their own, their own government agencies that uh, you need to reach out to. Like Tessa was referring to there in Trinidad, HSE. What is it in your country and what is it locally? Who do you need to reach out to, to make sure you've got the right things in place, the right uh, regulations that you're following all of that. And, I hope that, and I'm sure a lot of you are realizing, this is not something we could throw together like in a in an afternoon. This is something that is a it's a long term project. It, it requires the resources of your leadership team and people throughout the organization to make sure it is comprehensive. That because you're protecting, like Tessa said, not just your brand, but you're protecting your your patrons, your attendees, anyone who's coming to your to your show, you, and it could severely damage your company moving forward if not done correctly. Wow, just so much great information. As we, as we kind of wrap up our conversation here, what would be the one, one or two things you really want people to take away from our conversation? To know that I would want you to take away and 
know that crisis management, crisis communication is not just for natural disasters. It can be used in any organization, in any facet for sponsorship management. It can be used for events management as we're touching on right now. Anything can happen anywhere in your organization. So even as entrepreneurs, so you want to have a small plan, revisit it, not leave it on your shelf to collect dust, but revisit it from time to time, making adjustments to our identifying risk and what could cause potential harm or disrupts, disrupt service to your organization and even your stakeholders. And lastly, to know that your reputation is your greatest asset of your organization. We live in a digital world. We live in disruptive and unprecedented times. Anything can happen where information is put in the into the airwaves in a matter of seconds and it stays there. People revisit it to remind you of your mistakes. So Social media plays a great part in managing your reputation. So all that to say is if you don't have your crisis management plan <laughs> or your crisis comp plan, be prepared to always be starring in the digital world. And it may not always be in a negative light, in a positive light, sorry, but more so in a negative light. Such important information that you shared with us today. I really, really greatly appreciate you just just giving all this wisdom, this experience to, to everybody today. Tell us a little bit about TND Communications and the, the services that you provide. TND Communication is a communications agency and the serving persons in different parts of the world. And we specialize, I have a team of persons that work with me, specialize in digital marketing, reputation management, crisis communication, content writing, sponsorship management, basically general communications. I love communications, helping people to communicate better. And that's what we do. I'm going on three years, it's a lot of hard work, but I really do enjoy um, helping people with the challenges. So I, yes, I'm in this little island, Trinidad and Tobago, but my desire has always been and I continue to serve persons throughout the world. Fantastic. So if people were interested in, in talking to you or learning more, what is the best way for them to connect with you? You can connect with me on LinkedIn under Tessa Drayton on IG, TND Communications, and email TND Communications 38 at gmail.com. Outstanding. And I will drop all of your contact information into the show notes. So everyone click on that show notes button and reach out and connect with Tessa. Tessa, thank you so much for the time and the wisdom that you shared today. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's my pleasure. And everyone continue to come back here, continue to learn how to get better. There's, as you realize, there's so many different aspects of, of trade shows that you we need to know about and we can continue to get better and protect our ROI and grow our ROI. And to do that, check out the other episodes that we've got available on your favorite podcast platform or right at our website at tradeshowu.biz slash episodes. And we'll see you next time here on campus at Trade Show University.